Hi. Hello, Fringe. How are you? Good. How are you? Hey, uh, do I sound different? No. Do I look? She... Do I look different? You look like a blind. Oh, right. That stupid thing. <laughs> Hi. Hi. So I just discovered Google Helpouts. I've never seen that before. Helpouts. Yes. You sure that's, it... that's distinct from Hangouts? No. Yes, it is. I will fringe it. Okay. Bas basically, it's uh, different people offer either for free or for a, a sum of money do a video hangout with you to uh, help you with your whatever it is you need help with, which is an interesting concept. I've never seen that before. Uh, assuming that is you can't uh, any problems other than not being able to do a hangout. <laughs> yes, assuming that one. <laughs> I was actually surprised at like the number of free things on there. Like there's someone on there with Minecraft, and I I don't know to what level there's free stuff on there, but it's an interesting concept. So it looks like some of it's like groups of people, like they just all do the hangout together and yeah. talk. It's interesting. I never heard of that before. I was on Google's product page today, looking at their products. They so used to have the Google Labs. I think they killed that a long time ago, though. I used to like that. The Google what? Labs. Remember? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the... one of the things that they killed. Yes. That was something I wish they hadn't killed. Because I, I, I go there from time to time and check it out. Like, they had that, uh, oh, once there's, like, a set, like, you could give it three or four items in the in a list, and it would, like, generate a few other items it thought would be long in the list, and just fun things like that. I think that one's dead now, too. Ever heard of Dying DNS? Nope. You need to find a new keyboard. Find sticks when you type the keys. Um, I've been debating about getting a new keyboard it's like kind of like the very last thing i would get um unless like i actually needed a keyboard which at this point <laughs> i don't really um like if i i know that i think it's called dos keyboard has a keyboard that's all blank Ooh. have you ever thought about going to a different layout no uh, i tried the dr work once I didn't do it enough to actually get good at it. I'd have to switch all at once if I did it, like, practice it for a week or something at home, and then switch it at work and just limp through the first week the best I could, and then I think I'd, I'd pick it up. <clears throat> they say it takes about a month to really change layouts. Wow, you can get a keyboard card and... <laughs> See, it's totally blank. I was I was looking at, uh, here, another fringe one. <laughs> Blank <laughs> <laughs> one looks nice too, but the keyboard card. <laughs> yeah, the B sod one. I'm I'm aware of that one. I've uh, also seen it gone a step further, where you unplug the keyboard and mouse on a computer, 
But before you do that, you uh, put up a wallpaper that looks like the screen is cracked. <laughs> and you hide all the icons, you hide the taskbar and everything. And you, you know, put the mouse cursor down at the bottom, then you unplug it. So <laughs> someone comes that moves the mouse and is like, ah! Broken. Ah, uh, here we go. Wait, it doesn't have like the bumps though on the ho- your home keys. Is how are you gonna find your your resting place when you're touch typing? Again, this is for pros, so <laughs> I guess you'd have to navigate around with your pinkies. Yeah, I guess that's what you'd have to do. Cause I, I know I use the bumps because it's like I'll I'll hit the the home row and definitely I I find the bumps to align my hands. Um, see. So I think they also do have uh, key caps you can pop off. Um, it's interesting that for as expensive as these keyboards are, they, yeah, I mean, like, they're definitely supposed to be well-made ones. It's interesting that they are not the ergonomic shapes that you normally see. They're just the plain, simple, square keyboard. Someone at work has one of those ones that's round, and it's, like, impossible to type on. <laughs> I tried logging into my system with my password, and I couldn't type my password in. <laughs> like, it was impossible. <laughs> they have uh, keycaps with uh, penguins on them instead of the Windows logo. Oh, there we go. That's what we need. Um, let's see. Microsoft, as of this recording, but not of this listening, uh, will end support in about four hours and 31 minutes. Ooh, should we wait up until midnight just to just to watch it go offline at midnight? <laughs> mm, not really, because there's not much that'll be that'll be done. I mean, I don't really get much joy out of things counting down to zero. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the movie uh, Galaxy Quest? Nope. What's it about? It's like essentially a parody of like all the uh, Star Trek and like other sci-fi uh, shows and movies and stuff that, you know, it's like, oh, there's a bunch of dudes on a spaceship. They fly around the galaxy or something. And at at the end, they have to like disarm a nuke or something like disarm the core of the ship or something. And it's like they did it. They pressed the button to stop it. But the timer is still counting down. And it's like 10 seconds left. It's like, oh no, what are we going to do? It's like, we did it, but it doesn't look like it worked. It's still counting down. And then it just stops at one. <laughs> and this ship was designed by aliens who had like only watched, you know, sci-fi shows. And the counter would always stop at one. It, you know, it's like, oh, you disarmed, you know, whatever. It stops at one. It doesn't go down to zero. It just stops at one. <laughs> um have you heard about like this one open ssl vulnerability um i don't think so and ssl i heard something about minecraft that they were saying that possibly they thought accounts had been compromised i didn't actually read the link i should probably should read that it was on the forum i wonder if it would be related Oh, wait, it is related to the Minecraft uh, announcement. Yeah, something about open SSL heart bleed. Yeah, I, I fringed the, the Minecraft page. Yeah, yeah, it does say about heart bleed. 
Amazon. Uh, let's see. Where it's where Amazon's sh- fault, then? Huh? Mm, well, let's see. Where should I put this? Uh, about right. This one post this guy says apparently only Linux based systems are affected by this. Good thing I have Windows. <laughs> so it sounds more like they that the websites need to regenerate their private keys is what I'm reading. Because they're saying that the private keys were possibly compromised. So then that would make sense that they'd have to uh get new private keys. Yeah. Which is going to be hell for me because I use a uh, certificate pinning extension on Firefox. Certificate pinging? Pinning. Pinning? So, yeah, so it, uh, like, when you go to a website, it'll remember the certificate. Uh, and whenever it changes, it'll say, hey, certificate changed, do you still want to go ahead? I see. Yeah, that will be pretty bad for you. But, uh... Uh, I've also, it also has a feature where it can say if it gets another certificate, it's fine, just so long as it's issued by the same uh, certificate authority. And I wonder if they would have to update their uh, keys as well. Yeah. If it's as bad as they're saying it is, it sounds like a lot of keys need to be generated. So, uh, speaking about Minecraft, uh, you uh, read the uh, uh, Tim Sweeney epic Unreal Engine thing? I did read that. And you put it in the uh, Minecraft quote? Did I put it in the wrong spot? Mm, I read that, but it seemed like he was talking more, like, metaphorically. Uh, yeah, he was. We don't have to read that quote. That's fine. I just saw Minecraft and made it newsworthy. (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, you know, know, Minecraft, I'm pretty sure, is not based on any Unreal Engine Flavor. Yeah, I, I, I think what he was going for there was the world, the designing of the world was to the easy enough that the high end users of Minecraft who are quite capable of designing a complex world would yeah. be able to grasp the concepts of how they could design a 3D world. I think that's what he was going for. Yeah. One of my monitors are out today. Uh, I got my new graphics card, and it turned out that uh, the DVI port is next to the HDMI port, and so they're too close together to plug an adapter in and have the, the cable plugged in at the same time. So I had to buy a cable for the DVI that goes to uh-huh. the HDMI that I can actually plug both in at the same time. So, like, how do you use, how do you allocate your ports? What do you mean? How, like, what do you connect up your monitors using? Uh, my monitors have HDMI on them and VGA, so I'm connect. I want to connect them both to the HDMI, and but I have to, you know, convert the one to the DVI because my my card has HDMI, DVI, and then Display Port is what it has on it. Really? Hmm. I, I didn't think it'd be that much of a problem, which it wasn't. I had the adapters and everything. So, so you have an you have an adapter stuck on your DVI. For the for the other HDMI monitor, yeah, I've a, I've a DVI to HDMI adapter. It actually came with the the net the graphics right. card, but 
if I plug in the HDMI cable and then try to plug in the DVI adapter, the HDMI, which is right next to the HDMI port, it doesn't fit. Right. So it, it plugs in if there's just one plugged in. So really the adapter they, they gave is worthless. No, actually it wasn't their adapter. It was the, they gave the VGA to HDMI adapter. So I, I actually did buy the DVI adapter, come to think of it. But still, it's, yeah. they're so close together, it's worthless to have them. So when I got my uh, uh, Ferrari laptop back in 2006, it had a HDMI to DVI cable. So it wasn't an adapter, it was an actual cable. That's that's what I got on eBay the other night, because so, I figured the cable would plug in and then do what I need. Yeah, um, let's see, the, uh, and then currently I have... So my monitor setup is uh, like the third one on the left, and then two in the middle and one on the right. And I believe my first one is plugged into DisplayPort, and the other two are HDMI. And it's, you know, straight through, no converters or anything. So. I haven't gone to the three monitor yet. Either this card does support the three. I've This is my first card that supported three. So, uh... Recently, I've been uh, playing uh, through Borderlands 2, and uh, that supports, uh, I believe it's called NVIDIA Surround, which, uh, you know, allows you to span, uh, you know, a game over three entire monitors. So, I tried it out once, but it wasn't exactly that performing. Like, it wasn't, it didn't, it pretty much kept at 30 frames a second all the time. But uh, now, because I wanted to have a screenshot of it on my blog... I decided, okay, well, maybe we might be able to work with this. So I decided to turn down some of the uh, shadow settings. And now it, you know, runs mostly at 60. That's what got me into buying the new graphics card in the first place is I went to two monitors and, and just one monitor was way bigger resolution than my old screen was. And so I was getting pretty low frames per second unless I turned down my tanks a good bit. The uh, if if I try to do it with say Skyrim, sometimes it just totally freaks out, and because the uh, the you know the drawing canvas, the frame buffer is so wide that it kind of messes up a few things. In that you know it'll tend to stretch horizontally some things, so the top and the bottom of your menu are totally cut off. It's <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, I wish I could play Skyrim, but I can't. I could probably look into doing some tweaking, but I don't really play Skyrim these days. Um, see, then, uh, yeah, the, the Borderlands 2 loading screen, it's all pixelated, and, you know, I just, I can't see the, uh, you know, press any key to start or whatever, which is a stupid, retarded game design thing in the past few years that really needs to die. Um, but, uh, like, you know, the top and the bottom part of that is cut off. And, like, there's this whole uh, screen where, you know, it does the Unreal Engine stuff. And there's text on that, and it's so huge. <laughs> <laughs> and the bottom of that paragraph goes off the bottom of the screen. So, yeah, some precautions need to be made, I guess. And uh, it would be really nice if uh, it would realize that, uh, you know, like, the further... Uh, the, like, the further away from the center you get, the less detail uh, stuff will render. 
if it did that, that might improve performance a little bit. That's true, because you probably just need to look at your center more yeah. or less most of the time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, because peripheral vision doesn't uh, really <laughs> have that much detail in it. You reach a point of time when your monitors are so big that uh, you can't see everything at once without turning your head. Yeah, I'm sort of at that point. But, uh, you know, the other thing that I noticed is because it's so wide, everything at the edges is, like, really stretched out. Like, if, huh. I'm, if I'm running past a billboard or something, like, there will only be three letters on the side screen or something. Oh, okay, I see. So it's not really showing your side view very much at it, all. It, yeah, it's more of, like, an environment, you know, surrounding thing. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to shoot something over there. So, yeah, I'm playing through with a very ultra-violent psychopath that likes to slam a saw into his face from time to time. <laughs> I was doing some programming in Minecraft for Mining Turtles last night. It's rich in, uh, in Lua is the name of the language. Oh, yeah. Right, so I have, like, this really long program to build a part of a bridge. So it's like... 60 lines of turtle up, turtle down, place block, and it's just like this long string. Because it's basically the pattern of the bridge, and you just repeat the pattern X number of times or whatever. Okay, uh, Fringe Link. For what? So this is the character I'm playing, and there's one skill where, like, it'll increase his melee attack, but there's a 12% chance that he will attack himself. <laughs> okay. I didn't get that the first time when... I heard you say something about hitting yourself. Oh, I see. That seems kind of stupid. I don't know. <laughs> well, and then and then at the end, he actually dies because he hits himself too much. So is his melee attack actually any good, though, if you're close enough to someone? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if you go to the beginning of that video, it kind of shows the uh, skill tree. Yeah. So, like, the attack bonus is, like, 500%. But you have a twelve percent chance of attacking yourself, and I, but I think you attack yourself with the base damage and not the upgraded one. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> so this character is a psycho. So and he does have an inner voice, which you can sometimes hear. Do it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I haven't found any U uh, YouTube videos that uh, actually show or actually you know demonstrate this. Get out, get out, get out! Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and that suddenly the light bulb just went off in my head and I'm looking in GitHub for mining turtle turtle scripts. I haven't found any good ones so far. So that's the really fun thing about Minecraft is to like write a program for a robot and it's not like that difficult. It's really fun. So, but yeah, with that really stupid skill that uh, you can hit yourself with, it's actually very useful in bringing down uh, in boss fights. Because it has so much damage? Yeah. Like, I swing, like, five times, and granted, I would, you know, hopefully I won't hit myself during that time, <laughs> that, uh, you know, bosses can go down in, like, five swings. Uh, I guess it has its pros, then. So, so, yeah, I'm enjoying that a lot. Okay, so I'm reading the... Uh, the Raspberry Pi Quake 3 thing. And then it comes down to building the kernel. This looks, 
This will take about ten hours with all kernel modules. <laughs> yes, that's. I've read that before about the pies and compiling them. You know, they say that cross compiling isn't too bad, just more complex. I mean, I'd like to think that it's just you know change some command line arguments around, but I don't think it's quite that simple. Yeah, I don't think it is that simple. I I haven't actually read into it too much. But it it sounds a little bit more involved, but it doesn't sound like if you're willing to spend the time to go read about it, it doesn't sound like it was that bad. So uh have you ever used uh Roslyn before? Oh, I recognize it. Is that the, the compiler that you link to the open source one? Yeah. See I I've heard of it I heard... so that may be the experimental one that they aren't actually using yet. It might be. Because I, I think I read something about it a while back. But I don't think I don't think that's actually the one that we use right now in the .NET framework. And I suppose we can talk about uh, uh, the start menu coming to Windows 8. I did see something about that. I didn't read anything about it, but I did did see something about that the other day. We write some pretty complex scripts for the mining turtle. So what we need now is on the the, the mining turtles to have a uh, git on them and then you can go access github and pull down code from the repository <laughs> which actually might uh, see porting git into lua probably would be the the difficult thing and then i found something interesting involving the uh h1b visas the what h1b visas H1B. Yeah, that's uh, like the visa types that uh, all the Indians come over on. Oh, okay. So there's only a limited amount of them. Really? And uh, apparently just this past week or so, they uh, like opened up the registrations for next year and it blew through all the allowed ones in less than a week. So there were less visas available this time around or no same amount it's just the demand is so freaking high huh there's a lot of them over here for sure some of them are really good developers some of them Then uh, the photo, the background photo for uh, Windows XP. I missed the photo. Where is that at? Uh, it's up at the banter. Since we're talking about XP and all that. <laughs> Has been a long time since I've used XP. I probably, I think I had Windows 7 in college, I think. Or well, at yeah. least at Geneva, I did. Um, It was like the last month or so that I was at my college and Windows 7 RTM was available. Okay. We didn't come up with a... Uh, a uh, what's it called? Luigi, or... I can't pronounce the word. What, here, let me see. Eulogy. There, that's the word. Luigi. There. Go. Eulogy. Eulogy. I couldn't think how to say it for a second. We didn't come <laughs> up with one for Linux. I'm not sure if we actually need to. I don't remember a thing. <laughs> I feel like there's something else I'd 
been thinking about that would go good for our Windows 7 theme, but not not 7, our Windows XP theme. I forget what it was. Never came back to me. See, there was another Microsoft thing that I wanted to throw in here, but I forget what it was. Oh, why? Okay, good. We're still recording. Nice. Ah. <laughs> uh, SIMD functionality coming to .NET. SIMD? What is that? SI. Uh, it's down by the uh, Rosalind compiler thing. So this is processing, performing the same operation on a lot of different data at the same time. Yeah, essentially. Understanding it right. Which is why I've heard, uh, oh, what's it, the quantum computing? That's that's how you could crack all the like encryption algorithms because you could try every possible combination at the same time. Sort of, yeah. Not that this can actually do it, that. So using SSE to capable hardware. So that's anything from like a Pentium 4. Oh, so that's been around for quite a time. Oh, yeah. And I'm surprised that uh, this hasn't already been in there. And uh, factor of 4 to 5 using AVX-capable hardware, which is uh, from the Sandy Bridge i7s. So, like, my chip was the fir- one of the first ones that have it. Okay, here is a simplified model of how SIMD is exposed at the CPU level. There are SIMD-specific CPU registers. They have a fixed size. For SSE2, this is 128-bit, and the processor has SIMD-specific instructions specific to the operand size. As far as the processor concerned, it's just a bunch of bits. However, a programmer wants to treat those bits as a vector of, say, four 32-bit integers. For this purpose, the processor has instructions that are specific to the operation. Addition, the operand type, you know, for instance, the integers. <laughs> so, apparently the current implementation has a few gotchas. Uh, it's only enabled for 64-bit processes, so, and the vector type supports int, long, float, and double. So if you want to go smaller, you're pretty much out of luck. And it only does SSE2 instructions due to some implementation restrictions. Uh, full AVX support should arrive with the release of the next .NET runtime. So, yeah. So, I sort of think of applications. Obviously, gaming and graphics is one application. Big time. Used. Trying to think, like, like enterprise applications, if there's really much of a... Uh, maybe a, some database operations. Database, yeah. Uh, maybe encryption. Ooh, encryption, yeah. So, and, uh, I recall, like, back when the Athlon 64 CPUs came out, that, Mm -hmm. uh, in 64-bit mode, encryption was, like, way much faster, like, twice as fast, at least. Really? That's interesting. So, uh, shall we get going? Sure. So, uh, who's going to be Microsoft and who's going to be Apple? Uh, let's see here. Because I really don't care. I guess I'll be Microsoft, since we don't have Linux. <laughs> Alright, uh... 
Let me go ahead and check this out, and I'll get back with you. Okay. And there. Standard search without shortcuts. Let's try that one. Define colon test. Uh, really? Nah, not working. These ones aren't bad. Like you can, you can search. You can search with the letter in front of it. It's. I mean, it's not bad, but it's. Eh. Oh, I still have that YouTube video up. How nice. Oh, the, the the guy with the sword that was killing himself? Yeah. So the interesting thing about it, when you die is that you're sort of like digitally deconstructed and then re- reassembled at some nearby point. So... So yeah, it's pretty interesting. The premise of Borderlands is that, you know, it's essentially a junkyard inhabited by rednecks and apparently it's a f- it's in the future on an alien planet. Okay. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, but the best part is is that it does not take itself seriously. So, I mean, if you've... I don't think you've played Call of Duty, have you? No, I haven't. But it's sort of like the antithesis of that. You know, if, you know Call of Duty occupies one end of the shooter spectrum. Borderlands is the absolute opposite. So it's like it's meant to be funny and hilarious and maybe a little nonsensical. So this plugin isn't bad for the searching. The one I installed, InstaFox, it works pretty nice. Still not as good as Chrome. Yeah, really the only shooter type of game I've played is uh, TFT. Really, was the the only shooter I've done. It's sort of like that almost. But Borderlands is more of an RPG. I mean, I can legitimately call it both an RPG and an FPS. So, so what's... I'm trying to think what the real playing... Is it more like it has a story to it? Is that kind of what that would... Um, no, it has skills. Like a skill tree, like oh. that video showed. So how's that? I mean, like, I guess TFT really doesn't have skills. It just has, like, the different weapons, but it, they aren't that is not that much based on upgrading things, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, that's, like, skills and especially attributes um, is, for me, what defines an RPG. So, uh, you know, let's see, one of the classic examples is that uh, Bioshock. Um, have you heard of that? I've heard of you telling me stuff about that. Okay, well, I might have actually told you this exact thing, but... Uh, I recall when Bioshock came out that everyone was like, oh, this is such a great RPG, but when I got it and played it, it was totally not an RPG. Because, you know, granted there was, like, some vestigial amount of story, there was some vestigial amount of, like, an inventory somewhere, but it did not feel like an RPG to me. So, I mean, if a game has a great story, uh, that is not an RPG to me. Not necessarily. So, so, so what would you near would you consider the uh, story type of games to be? I don't really think of genres being defined by good stories. I mean, it, you can layer a good story on top of any genre, and it just more oh. like it just adds more to the game itself. I see. You know, it's RPG is more of a uh, gameplay thing than you know, like a any kind of secondary thing. So, like, 
I'm pretty sure World of Tanks is a strategy game. Strategy. I mean, not in the sense of like Age of Empires or anything like that. Like, okay. Like Age of Empires or something like that would have, or Civilization would have an incredible amount of strategy. Tanks yeah. is like a go in and shoot. I mean, there's some like, like a first person thing. It's probably more similar to a first person shooter, I would say, because you're shooting the other tanks directly. Okay. Like I am aiming. I choose where I shoot the tank at. Like, and for instance. Makes- for instance, uh, like Age of Empires. I mean, putting a great story on Age of Empires would not necessarily change how you play Age of Empires. It might change objectives, but it would not change like the fundamental idea of like building a base, building an army, yeah, resource collection. So, like that would be what defines a strategy game. So, so all right. Well, I guess I'll go and. Maybe start editing this. Okay. And listening to the fringe to pull out some titles. That might actually happen tonight. Okay. So, and, you know, I'm pretty sure we're all good on the goodbye XP for the uh, title of the show. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) And I actually made you say it. I did not say that once. (laughs) (laughs) You said it in the fringe. Yes. So, all right, well, I guess I'll get moving. So, uh, see you Thursday, because this is not Wednesday. Yes, this is true. Okay, we'll see you. All right, bye. Bye.